everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I'm Stephanie Hansen, or Stephanie's Dish, on Instagram, and I've been doing this podcast for about five years. And this product landed on my kitchen counter about a year ago, and I was able to make some delicious mocktails with it. I'm welcomed today by Kat Duvik, and she has founded Social Mixers. And Kat, I was just reading your story this morning because I've used your products now for about a year and recommended them all through the holidays and, of course, dry January for a lot of people. But I didn't realize you were from New Orleans. I am. Yep. Born and raised. Um, My family, they're all still down there. I'm the weirdo who decided that she wanted to live at the top of the Mississippi River instead of the bottom, so. (laughs) Sure, sure. Well, that is the home of the cocktail, right? It is, yeah. The, um, well, the, it's the home, it was the introduction of the cocktail to North America. Okay. Um, So, yes. And so I always, New Orleans loves to claim that it was the home of the cocktail, um, but there are some, there's some uh, history that it was, it was created a little bit before, so. <laughs> I wondered, because I think they also claim to be the inventor of the French 75 cocktail. Mm. They do, but I think that actually came out of a different bar. But they do have, um, out of New York, maybe, but they do have the French 75 bar in New Orleans. I've been there. And, and I will say this, New Orleans, they make the best cocktails, and it is the inventor of the Sazerac, which to me is like the perfect cocktail. So. Oh, that's funny. That's the way I feel about the hurricane, because there's nothing oh, yeah. better when you're on vacation than a hurricane. Oh my gosh, I do I, I, I do love hurricanes, drink many of those in my college days, um, and try to get one when I get back down there. Uh, we try to stop by, my husband and I try to stop by Pato's and get one. So. Yes, yes. So let's just talk about how you decided to develop these um, cocktail syrups called the social mixers. Sure. Um, well, you know, it, it's funny. My original plan is I just wanted to work with plants. I love plants. I love putting plants in food. I especially love working with florals. And so my original concept is I was going to make floral syrup and like rose syrup and elderflower syrup and lavender syrup. And I was going to wholesale it to coffee shops and bars. That was my original idea for the business. And I started working on that. And then that was in 2019. And then 2020 happened. Sure. And like right when I had that business plan, I think pretty solid. And then everything, you know, we had lockdown. And so I had to pivot. And that's when I decided to go ahead and just bottle it and sell it direct to consumer. So that was that was kind of the beginnings of social mixers. And we started with three flavors. Uh, rose, which I always say rose is my baby because that was the first syrup. Uh, ginger, lemongrass, and then uh, hibiscus rose hip. And then since then, we've added three more flavors. And what are the three that you've added? Uh, lemon rosemary, which is actually becoming our most popular, uh, elderflower thyme, and then lime coriander, which uh, we just got word of a few weeks ago, is a finalist for a National Good Food Foundation Award. So oh, really that's exciting. So exciting. That. Yes. So what was it? Tell me about your background. Like, did you just come to plants naturally? Why did you think that this making these infusions or that you could make these syrups better than were already being made? Sure. Um, Well, the plant thing, it just, I don't know, it just sort of happened. I just, I like, I like working with plants and I kind of dove into uh, herbalism, kind of dove into that head first, Uh, wound up doing an apprenticeship with an herbalist 
And after that, it was like, I knew I wanted to make something and I wasn't sure, was it going to be body care? Was it going to be like herbal medicine? And I, so I like to call these the medicine of joy. <laughs> yes, for sure. There are um, medicinal benefits to the botanicals but really it's about fun and it's about connection and that's really what I honed in on this idea of making this delicious drink that can bring people together when I was working on the idea of wholesaling it to coffee shops it was like oh we'll create these awesome flavors people will be excited they'll meet their friends you know so just uh kind of an avenue for connection and joy that you was... seemed you seemed right on the precipice too because during the pandemic, people were dying to have cocktails that yeah. they could make and they didn't have ingredients and they didn't know how to make them. So your company, uh, another company, Mixly, you guys kind of all muddle and mint sort of came on the scene in that same year of like helping people make cocktails. And was that a surprise? Because you were thinking more like coffee syrup, social you know, it's funny. It was it was coffee originally, and then it kind of with the pandemic, it kind of spurred into cocktails. Um, and it's it is funny. There's and Sweet Haven tonics too is another one. They yep. all came out of. We all kind of came. We're like pandemic business babies. Yeah, um, we all came around the same time. And you know, it's not surprising because so many people were at home, as you said, they wanted access to that really good cocktail. Um, and so they were making them themselves. And that's what my husband and I were doing. I mean, we kind of, we were joking around when we were doing content for the website, you know, especially because we were working from home at the time. So that we didn't have a commute. We didn't even really have to spend a lot of time getting ready in the morning. We were experimenting with a lot of cocktails to where right. we were like, we have to stop. <laughs> like, we, this is a bad, this is starting to get out of hand. So that's when we were like, let's make more mocktails. Let's do mocktails on weekdays and then we'll do cocktails on the weekends. Yep. Um, so it does not surprise me at all that these businesses came out. Um, I'm actually really good friends with Hallie from Muddle and Mint. She's awesome. And I think her product too, how she does the mixers, but also the canned mocktail that you can add spirits to. I mean, I, I think the timing was right for it. Yeah. And you're all like, you've mentioned a handful and I've interviewed all of you and you're all very different though, too. Like some are more juice forward. Others are more bitters based. Yours are more on the syrup side. It's very interesting that all of these products came about during that same time frame, but you're all pretty different. And I enjoy many of the products in equal measure. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you want more of a syrup. Other times you're looking more for a more juice forward situation. Like it's very interesting how all of these products have found and maintained their way on my home bar. I love it. I love that. And I think that kind of speaks to Minnesota you know, kind of speaks to the area. Like we have such a great food scene and such great access to these awesome ingredients. And we're all, ex I guess, in a way, we're just exposed through different, to, to different things, you know, yeah. for lack of a better way to say it. Um, that, yeah, I, I, I actually, that's something I always say is really cool when people ask me about the other mixer companies is that we are all so unique. Yep. And I just think that's, I think that's awesome. So let's talk about your, how hard is it to, you make this product 
And like, do you make it in a co-packing kitchen or kind of walk me through how you make your flavored syrups? Sure thing. I mean, I think one thing that does, um, that's kind of special about our product is that it does come from the whole ingredients. That's sort of my love of the plants. I love, like I take a lemon, zest the lemon, get the lemon juice. You know, I try to use as much of the plant as possible. And I think there's a vibrancy of flavor with that. Um, so kind of an old school way of doing it. Um, but I make it at the Good Acre. Uh, which is a shared kitchen. A lot of great businesses are in there, have gone through there. Um, it's just a great community space. Um, so I make it there. They've got a 20 gallon kettle. Um, and so I started with uh, I started with a pot and then got a bigger pot and then have moved my way into the kettle. Um, and so and it's really that simple. It's I take I take these wonderful plants and I take sugar. I use organic cane sugar and I use all organic non-GMO. Uh, plants for this and make magic. Yeah, you <laughs> boil really... it and and there you go and you bottle yeah. it. It's really it's really fun and it's really it's what's great is especially like if I'm zesting citrus or if I'm making lemon rosemary, people will stick their head in the kitchen. Oh yeah, you know everybody's like, oh, it smells so good, you know, and it's and I always joke around. I'm like, it's like a aromatherapy on the job. <laughs> I've used your um, syrups too in salad dressing. I don't know if that's ever occurred to you or if you ever do that at home. That's amazing. You know, we, we do. Um, what's funny is, um, so I always take a test bottle from every single batch just to make sure, you know, that something didn't go awry that I missed. And so we, we wind up with a lot. And so sometimes we give it away to friends, but we'll experiment. And so I have these lemon, rosemary and vinaigrette. And my husband, he's been working on a wing sauce. Oh, with yum. Ginger lemongrass for like two years now, but it's not ready. Okay. Every time I ask him about it, he's like, no, no, it's not ready. It's not ready to share yet. Cause I'm like, we could put it on the website. He's like, oh, it's, it's close. But other, like, the other way to use your syrups that I've done is over a pound cake like, <gasps> as the glaze that, you know, yes. you put on the top. Yes. That's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a simple syrup. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it is. And so soaking a cake or you could put it on ice cream. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's a, it's a flexible ingredient. That, that's sort of how I've always viewed it is yes, you you can put it in a cocktail. That's sort of everybody's go-to uh, when I when I sell them at the market. We talk about all the different cocktails, you know, that you can make with it, but it also does have such a variety of uses um, that, yeah, that I, I love that. I love it when people tell me about using it in baking. <laughs> I think dry January too, really sober-tober, dry January, whatever you want to call your you know, a lot of us were um, drinking too much during the pandemic, I think, just because we had nothing else to do or nothing to get up for in the morning. And it was just kind of a really stressful time for a lot of people. And then many of us embraced the idea of the mocktail when we were like, huh, this probably isn't feeling so healthy. I do love that there are all kinds of ways for people to enjoy your product and some in alcohol, but also not necessarily, because I think the mocktail has matured so much. It used to be when you weren't drinking, you were offered orange juice and soda water. Yeah. And this has really allowed people, I think, to still participate in what is festive moments and cocktail party culture and just culinary culture, but without it having to be spirit forward. And I think you guys have done a great job of marketing that and also like providing recipes. Yeah, I love doing recipe development. Um, I love it. Yeah, you know, I know I spoke earlier more of like the plant thing. Um, I do have some bartending in my background. Um, I, always, I always have to frame it as 
it was the 90s, it was Louisiana. And so my first bartending job, I was 17. Sure. Uh, so I started young and I remember getting the bar book, you know, every time somebody would order something, I'd be like, no problem, be right back. And so I'd open up the bar book. Of course. And I would add, um, I would always just add a little more alcohol that it called for because I figured it that way. Like, they wouldn't know up that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I've gotten much better at making a balanced drink uh, these days. That's but hilarious. I, oh my gosh. I was, when I think of some of those, I've got some, oh, I've got some stories from those days that are probably not appropriate for the podcast, but <laughs> I can tell you offline. Um, but I love doing recipe development and I love doing mocktails. That was something, as I mentioned, you know, we were like, my husband and I were like, okay, we can't, we can't do cocktail recipe development yep. every day. This is bad let's start doing mocktails. And I actually recently had a thing where I couldn't drink for a while. And then especially too, I got COVID earlier this, you know, last year. And so couldn't drink for that. And so mocktails were, have actually sort of become more of a way of life for me. I probably drink non-alcoholic now more than And alcohol. I think too, because there's now spirits too, that the actual alcohol is taken out of the spirit. So we're having non-alcoholic tequila, non-alcoholic gin, yeah. which it's, sounds yeah, weird, but it's a mocktail renaissance. I mean, yeah, pretty I much. Remember, I was when I was in college, I had like decided I wasn't going to drink for a semester. I was like, I'm going to bunker down. I'm going to like get through it. And when I'd go out, it was lime and soda. Yep. Right, walking around by lime and soda water and especially in Louisiana, right outside New Orleans in those days, you know, you'd get an eyebrow up for it too, you know, like sure. what? And so I feel like it's destigmatizing. Yes, for sure. Alcoholic. You know, it's no longer about pregnancy and sobriety. People have yep. very, so many reasons why they don't drink. And um, also people don't feel like, and I'm the classic person that over asks all these weird questions. But like in the day when someone didn't drink, I would be like, oh, are you, you know, are you in recovery? Because my whole family had been in recovery and. And at the time, you know, that was a pretty obvious question. Now, when someone's not drinking, it doesn't even really occur to me to assume they're in recovery at all, just because yeah. there's so many people that are not drinking for whatever reasons. I mean, a lot of it is nowadays, I find I just feel better. Yeah, health, in for sure. The morning, as I, get, as I get older, now I'm in my 40s, and yeah. so I don't bounce back like I used to. And yeah, so exactly. it's like, I want to get stuff done this weekend, but I also want to have something delicious and something special and especially like if you go out to a bar it's it's so it would be so unfair to be like okay well we have coke for you yeah <laughs> you know, everybody yep. else is like has these really interesting flavors and that's what i i do love about the syrups is that there is a complexity I, I think, you know, I'm biased, but like there's a complexity of flavor, but then especially, yeah, mix them with an NA distilled spirit, like abstinence, love those. Um, seed lip is another good yep. one. I mean, really just go down. Was it Marigold? Yes. You, can, you know, she's got everything you can, you can try, you know, is whatever. She carrying your product too? Uh, no, not yet. I actually, it's funny. I bought from her, but I haven't reached out to her. So oh, you need to, she, yeah, she'd like your product. I should probably do that. So yeah, thank you for mentioning. <laughs> so how hard has it been for you to get on shelves and where can people find your products now? Um, you know, it's, it's varying rates of challenges. Um, sometimes it feels so easy and effortless and it's like, wow, people said this was hard. And sometimes it's, oh, wow, this is really hard. Um, we are primarily in liquor stores. 
Uh, we work with a distributor called Maverick and they have been absolutely wonderful, especially for a small little micro business like mine. Yep. They've just been really supportive in getting me out throughout the state. Um, and so I was really excited. Um, I know you have a place up there. We have a, our hibiscus rose hip is in Ely. Yep. And so I was so excited for that. I was like, yes, you know, I just think that's that's been really great. Um, and then also to uh, starting to branch out into more gift stores, um, kind of going that route. Um, so you can find us in local liquor stores, you know, primarily Twin Cities area, but on our website, it does have um, a list the, at the socialmixers.com has a where to buy list. So, and, and you can how, the website too. Yeah. How often do you like, are you trying to sell into bars and restaurants as well? You know, it's funny. So that got totally tabled with the pandemic. And then it was all about, okay, I need to get this product and I have to figure out how to bottle it and how to, <laughs> how to do it all legally, how to have a legal business. That was sort of phase one. And then phase two, it was really direct consumer and then getting it into these liquor stores. And now that we're moving into, I think we're moving into phase three. So it really is now I'm actually starting to revisit that original plan of, of bars and coffee shops and yep. restaurants. So um, yeah, so I'm hoping to do some work with that this year. When you like look at what do you spend the most of your time on? Is it like development? Is it packaging? Is it marketing? Is it social? Is it finances? Like how do you break up your, your time? That's a really good question. And it, it really depends on the week. Um, it really depends on the week uh, right now. So we're also on Amazon. Uh, we launched on Amazon last year. And so this week I've been working on packaging items to send to Amazon because I have to package them a slightly different way. And so that's been their focus because I'm trying to restock there. And then next week I've got sales is going to be the priority and, you know, trying to just, I haven't really done much of that since the end of 2022. So, yep. you know, wanted to give everybody a holiday break without seeing my, my email <laughs> or getting my phone call. So going to start focusing on that. Um, so it really, it really depends. Um, I'm still a really small, it, it's, it's me most of the time. Um, my husband also, uh, thank goodness for him. He does finances, my brain. I'm a flavor girl. Right. Um, my brain does things with numbers that would probably get us audited. So. I like though the way that you talk about, like, it almost sounds like you're chunking your work, mm -hmm. like yeah. into strategic chunks of time. I try to figure out ways to focus. Um, I learned early on when I was like, I'm going to just do everything. You know, I'll spend an hour here and an hour here and an hour here. It never worked out. It I would just feel so disorganized. And I also felt like nothing was happening and I was just falling behind. And so that's what I found is to just kind of figure out these, these focal points. I'm really hoping this is the year. And I think it's, I think we're there to where I can start bringing in some help. And so that'll change things. Um, and I haven't quite decided, is it going to be help in the kitchen? Is it going to be help with packaging? You know, I haven't quite figured out that piece yet, but the business is sustained. It's finally getting sustainable to where that can happen, which is exciting. <laughs> that is exciting because you're only in your second year, right? Uh, we're in our third. In your so third. Okay. the first year was really just doing farmer's markets. And of course, you know, the first year you do a business, it's all just putting money into it. You know, right. it's always realizing. Okay. And then the, this last year was really about growth. Instead of buying a few cases of bottles, I need to start buying pallets of yep. bottles. And so it's just investing into and investing into some pieces of equipment to help us scale up. So 
What do you think was one of the smartest things you did when starting your business? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I would say there's two things that I tell people if that's okay. Can I have two? Yeah, <laughs> um, the first one is I would say if you are manufacturing your own product, go into a shared kitchen because you learn so much from other makers that has been huge. I mean, just even little things like, I mean, I was juicing my own lemons. I had like a little Breville, like citrus. Yeah. I mean, it was an automatic one. So, but I still remember DJ from Lost Capital was like, you know, there's another way, you know, and he's like, you can go to somebody with a juicer and they'll juice them for you. And I was like, just blown away by that. Yeah. I just shared, I was like, you just shared me hours and tears because it was a really like frustrating experience. So I'm so grateful for that and the tips I've learned from other makers. Um, so that would be number one, commercial, like shared commercial kitchen to start because you just learn so much and you meet the best people. Um, and then the second piece is I think farmers markets are just a great way to start because you're face to face with your consumers yeah. and they come back and they tell you how they used it. Um, the number one use for our syrups it's people putting it in seltzer. Yep. And when they buy the syrup, we would have these conversations about all the cocktails they're going to make. I'd give, I had little recipe cards, I'd give them. And then they would come back and say, Hey, I just put it in my bubbly water and it was really good. And so I I love that. And I don't know if we would have learned that um, as quickly as the fact that like after the second market, people were coming back and telling us that. So, and also to mocktails, like how many people were using it for mocktails. Um, we learned that from the markets and just what flavors people like and what flavors they might feel differently about. So it's been, yeah, I love, I love doing markets. Do you have any flavor that you tried that just doesn't work? Oh gosh, I have several. I have, <laughs> I have several. Oh, I have somewhere. Well, I, you know what? I have some that it's delicious, but it's too weird. Yeah, like it's too. It won't. It wouldn't sell. Like I have one, and it was like a pink peppercorn shoshana berry, and I was like, it's so good, and I think it will have a time and a place because I feel like shoshana is a berry that's um, it's more medicinal, but I think it's gonna cross over at some point. But I remember I was like, this is so good. No one will buy this. (laughs) I was like, they're gonna see it and be like, oh. And I mean, a prime example is my lime coriander. I think it's delicious. I mean, it, it's so good. And yet I'll see people will see coriander and they'll kind of be like, Ugh. and so that's when I always have to sample at the markets. Like, no, really try it. It's so good. And yet that's the one that got you nominated for this award. I know that's that cracked me up when I saw that. And when I got the email, I was like, really? And then I was like, I, I knew it. I knew it was good. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes you, the, the weirder things just take a little while to catch on, but they can be the point of differentiation. We're just, we're ahead of the curve. So that's how I see it. And I've got some actually I'm still working on. I have some that just trying to get that balance of flavors. Like I have some that I'm still, I'm not, I'm not giving up on them. So yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of, there's, our our kitchen will get very sticky at home when I'm in like development mode. So (laughs) that's funny. Yeah. When you think about like, how do you, do you listen to podcasts? Are there other business articles that inspire you business books? 
Oh, sure. Well, I actually, so I'm glad you asked that question because when I started the business, I was looking for entrepreneurial podcasts and I was like, I think I just put it in like my Apple podcast app, like entrepreneurial. And that's how I learned about your podcast. Oh, great. Makers of Minnesota. And I yeah. found it so helpful. And I went through and I literally listened to every single CPG, um, like maker. And then I went back and listened to the rest of them, you know, because sure. it's hear what everybody's doing but I found this to be really great especially for Minnesota yeah right because it's like oh you know just learning about different vendors that people work with and different hearing different market names and that was fantastic um and what's funny is some of your earlier guests are people that I've gotten to know in the food space and are now friends and it's so funny because I'm like oh I remember listening to your podcast and I was like yeah oh, so cool <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, funny oh, that's been a great one how I built this yeah, I just think, I mean, it's such a classic and it's like, that's one I think is so it's inspiring because what I like about that one is they always talk about the awful things that happen too. So it's like, if I'm having a bad week, I can go back and listen to like the Tate's Bake Shop one where like she lost yet everything taken from her and then like rebuilt this like national brand of delicious yep. cookies. And so I love, I love that one. That's those, those, yeah, yeah. Those are the, my two that are always on my like new episode, follow, download. Are there two, one or two products that have come across your path in the last six months to a year that you're just like, wow, this is so amazing from a maker? Oh, I mean, I would say the two I've got, I mean, I've got several that are in my regular, like just sort of like my routine. And one is I love well-rooted teas. Yes, me too. Um, I love Rachel's tea. I just think, and she and I are now kitchen mates. Like we'll often be in the kitchen at the same time. And so seeing her process too, it's just so amazing what she does. Um, And I think those teas, I love those. I have a joke. I keep meaning to shoot a video of it. Like I have a cabinet. It's like every tea she has. Yeah. (laughs) send that to her for Instagram because it's so funny. I open it up and I'm like, I have a well-rooted teas problem. It's it's a it's a good one to have. You're not alone. Uh, yeah, they're so good. I love that. I love Isidore nuts. Yep. Um, I just love, oh, they're so tasty. And in fact, what's funny is she has a lemon rosemary. Yes. And I have a lemon rosemary syrup. And so they're so, it's such a good combination. It's yes. so good. And I saw in your cookbook, you have a lemon rosemary lamb. Yes. I was like, okay, I'm going to do one of these days. I'm going to do a lemon rosemary, like multi-course. With, oh, like, that would be good. Yeah. Like, with salad and... Make a drink. Actually, I have this one right here. That's yep. <laughs> Yum. Sounds delicious. Well, Kat, it's been super fun to talk with you about uh, social mixers, syrups, and I've just enjoyed meeting you and hope our paths will cross again soon. Oh, same. Thank you so much. This was yeah, great. Thanks for being a guest on the Makers of Minnesota. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.